It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Falling to the Philadelphia Eagles 20-16 to on Sunday, the Washington football team is officially eliminated from playoff contention. How it happened and what it means right now on the Locked On Washington football team podcast. You are Locked On Washington football team, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Washington football team with the Locked On Washington football team podcast. I'm David Harrison, writer for SI.com's Fan Nation. He is Chris Russell, one half of the Russell and Medhurst show on the Team 980 Monday through Friday from 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern and on the Odyssey app. We thank you for making the Locked On Washington football team podcast first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms and on Twitter at Russellmania621, at DHarrison82, and at Locked Pod. And again on Sunday in Week 17, hosting the Philadelphia Eagles for their home closing or their home finale for the 2021 NFL season, the Washington football team defeated by those Eagles 20 to 16 uh, for their 10th loss of the season after starting off the game, Chris, with a 16 to seven first half lead. Yeah. And, and not only 16, seven, but 10, nothing out of the shoot, much like the Tuesday night game. Uh, what David uh, 12 days ago or whatever it was in Philadelphia, again, different circumstances, uh, they had a 10-0 lead in that one. That was off of turnovers. In this game, they came out on fire. Got a great kickoff return from DeAndre Carter to start the game. Taylor Heineke and Jared Patterson, great mix, pass, and run. Uh, and ultimately wound up with a Jared Patterson 11-yard touchdown run, uh, virtually untouched. And everything was kind of turning up Washington to start. Again, games are 60 minutes. Um, this game was more about the better team, the healthier team, the less COVID-rattled or riddled team uh, eventually asserting their will and doing just enough to win a game that keeps them very much alive for uh, an NFC playoff spot. And depending on what happens the rest of the weekend, they, (coughs) the uh, Philadelphia Eagles could clinch. Uh, We'll see what happens there, but uh, just Washington, not enough. Yeah. And I mean, you talk about that start there, Washington football team quarterback, Taylor Heineke started the game 12 for 12. uh, And in those 12 passes through for 137 yards, through the air and listen, guys like me and there, and there are more people that are, I, I don't know what to call them detractors necessarily, but guys like me who, who kind of say, okay, well, when you start 12 for 12, that's great. But what's the, what's the level of difficulty in the passes, right? But you look at 137 yards, I mean, that's more than 10 yards per pass. So even if they're not 40 yard bombs and, and all these other things, they're still very effective, you know, on average again, double digit gains per pass. And then the mixture of short passes designed movement in the pocket early on, which is something that, you know, I've been calling for, we've been calling for use that Taylor Heineke athleticism uh, a little bit to your advantage. And then you mentioned Jared Patterson, 57 yards rushing on 12 carries uh, in the first or uh, in the first half rather, or sorry for the total game. And he was the third leading receiver on the team, 41 yards uh, on five catches. My question though is, so obviously Taylor Heineke, you know, again, and we've seen this in, in previous wins and in other positive uh, overall performances granted this one, the first half a little bit better, obviously than the second half, but the, the, the inability to rely on Taylor Heineke to really drive the ball 
down the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, you go back to the two-minute drive there at the end of the first half where they end up settling for a field goal because they went uber conservative. I saw a tweet from you earlier uh, towards the end of the first half, and then you get to the end of the game where they're in another two two-minute situation. They need a touchdown to win the game. Taylor Heineke, for as great as he started, uh, he threw he completed just 15 of his last 24 attempts after starting 12 for 12. Meanwhile, Jared Patterson, 98, 98 total yards on less than 20 touches. So two questions for you, Chris. One, are we, is it solidified now? Like we've gone all season saying, you know, we'll see more. We'll look at this and you know, there's more chances. Really. There's not any more chance for Taylor. Like maybe next week, I guess is one more chance, but really at the end of the day, this story is going to be written at the end of this season. Have we seen enough from Taylor to have confidence moving forward with him? Do you think he needs competition? And for this game specifically, do you think Jared Patterson should have gotten more involved than the almost 20 carries? He didn't have quite 20 carries uh, or 20 touches, 17 total touches. Do you think they should have given him more like 22 to 25? Um, Yes. I I mean, certainly on the Jared Patterson part or, you know, whether it be Jared Patterson or or Jonathan Williams or, 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 you know, Wendell Smallwood, yes, they should run the football more. I'm always going to believe in that, uh, even if it's not successful. Again, uh, there are ancillary benefits that come off of it. Uh, you can't just judge each and every individual play uh, based on a one-yard gain or a two-yard gain or what have you. That's, a to me, a separate thing. The big picture that you're asking about from a quarterback perspective, and I mean, obviously, we'll talk about this all offseason, but just from today, you're right. There is a lack of explosive plays. You know, he had the big one hit on the first drive to John Bates on a really nice route, really nice throw. Uh, he had, I, I think it was a 25-yarder on the second drive to Deami Brown. But there just isn't any explosive plays in this offense. And the problem is, is if you don't have a quarterback that can consistently get the ball in the right spot, right time, right avenue, down the field for a variety of reasons, David, then you have to have a quarterback that's really accurate underneath and that puts the ball in the right spot so that players can get run after the catch. And I thought early in this game, I thought early in this game, they did a pretty darn good job of that on screens and flats and uh, all of that, not necessarily getting a ton of rack, but some. And then as the game wore along, as the pass rush certainly picked up from Jonathan Gagnon and the Eagles, I think that went away and they were swallowing everything because they knew Washington had to get rid of the ball quick. And Heineke, that's not a strength of his necessarily. And they were just able to gobble it all up. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Taylor Heineke going back through the rest of the season, he's the guy we've mentioned before. Not a lot of anticipation in his throws. He likes to see the route open instead of project that the route will be open or throw the route open as some like to see. And and to prove your point, to illustrate it a little bit perfectly here, you go from the first half to the second half. In the first half, the Washington football team offense, they had a drive of three minutes and six, uh, three minutes, six seconds. That that ate up 67 yards. Four minutes, 58 seconds, that ate up 58 yards. Six minutes, 13 seconds, that ate up 49 yards. Then you get to the second half. Three minutes and 23 second drive, 13 yards of offense. Four minute, 10 second drive, 18 yards of offense. That's the one that they ended up turning the ball over on downs. And you saw that second half shift. The Philadelphia Eagles said, you know what? We're not giving you any space anymore. We're going to play up close. We're going to play up tight. We're not scared of your downfield game. I tweeted that during the game. I said, the Eagles are obviously not scared of what the Washington football team has to do downfield. A a Washington fan responded to me, said, what downfield attack? And I said, yeah, that's a very good point. Exactly. And they tackled. They said, we're not giving you space underneath anymore. We're eating that space. We're going to challenge you, force you over the top. They never did it. 
Do you think the team got out coached in the second half without because they didn't really seem to adjust to what the Eagles were doing and challenging them coming out of the half uh, coming out of halftime? Or do you just think this is a limitation that comes with having Taylor Heineke as your quarterback? Yeah, I mean, I don't know how you feel, but I like the easy thing to say and, and plenty of fans are saying it, as you just alluded is to say Scott Turner sucks and Scott Turner's clueless and Ron Rivera's too conservative. And, the, and, and some of that is true. Some of that is true. But I really, 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 really strongly feel this is a limitation on the quarterback combined with the fact that there was no Eric Flowers, uh, no Chase Roulier, no Sam Cosme. Leno got banged up, allowed a sack when he came back in the second half. No Antonio Gibson, no Curtis Samuel, no Logan Thomas. So, I, I, you know, it, it's, a, it's a myriad of things. You can say the OC is conservative or this or that or dumb or stupid or whatever fans call it. I mean, you can only do so much when you have a complete limitation of weapons outside of Terry McLaurin. And the problem is, you know, they targeted Terry today and they still don't have a quarterback good enough to stretch the field with Terry. That's mm. the problem. Yeah. And we've, we've kind of talked about that before. And honestly, I'm starting to get concerned uh, that this franchise, this organization is going to essentially waste some of the best years that Terry McLaurin is going to have here for the Washington football team and his NFL career. But there's an opportunity that our listeners, Chris, and that you and I don't have to waste. Our listeners may not, may, they may very well waste it. It's you know freedom of choice. We've talked about it before with this product, but I know you and I aren't going to waste it because it's a new year and that means New Year's resolutions. I'm not a big resolution guy, but if you are and your resolution is like so many others about getting more fit, getting healthier, maybe losing weight, toning up, maybe even bulking up, We've got a product that can help you do whatever it is your goals are, and that's Built Bar, Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, and in some instances, like that mint chocolate, even better than some candy bars out there on the market. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good. You're going to want to eat it. It's not going to feel like you're having to be accountable to yourself. It's going to feel like you've just rewarded yourself with a resolution that is a treat all by itself. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. You compare that to a candy bar that usually has about 240 calories, 30 grams of sugars, and dozens of net carbs. Here's an idea for the new year. Go to your secret stash at home, in the pantry, in your office, in your car, wherever it is. Throw it all out. Throw out the sugary, the calorie-filled treats. Replace them with Built Bars. Even if you're not a huge fan of working out, you can at least some eat, eat something that tastes good, but is also good for you. That'll help by itself, whether it's coconut almond, peanut butter, brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, the mint brownie that I just gave a shout out to and many, many more flavors to come. In fact, built is always coming out with new limited time flavors. So hit built.com often to find out what's going down again, that website built.com use a promo code locked 15 and get 15% off of your order. That's promo code locked 15 for 15% off at built.com. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
All right, thanks for making the Locked On Washington football team podcast your first listen each and every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Along with David Harrison, I'm Chris Russell. You can follow the pod at Pod. David does a great job keeping uh, up to date on that much, much better than me. You can follow my loud mouth on Twitter at Russellmania 61 You can follow David uh, at D Harrison 82 again, read him SI.com fan nation cover the Washington football team uh, and me. You can listen to me on the team 980 in the afternoons. All right. So David, um, you know, I mean, we could talk about the offensive limitations from now until kingdom come They're They're just there. And whether people want to admit with Heineke or what, I, I mean, again, we, we have a million days ahead to determine and to debate this. I, I, I personally think it's solved, but uh, we're going to obviously get into more of this. But I, I wanted to get your thoughts on the defense today, because again, we mentioned they came out strong 10, nothing. And I think overall, they did a pretty darn good job overall. Mm-hmm. But the one disappointment was Philadelphia came into this game. And I know I tweeted about this several times, the worst fourth down offense in the league, uh, less than 30%, the worst. And yet they scored two fourth quarter, I'm sorry, two fourth down touchdown runs. Uh, Now they are the best rushing team in the league, but this isn't Miles Sanders. So how do you process that? Yeah, it's, it's something where the Philadelphia Eagles came out and said, we know that this is quote unquote our weakness, but we're going to go ahead and we're going to try to force it on you. Anyway, we're going to make you show that your ability to stop our quote unquote weakness is actually up to snuff and not for nothing, but it worked. I mean, not, yeah, you know, not just in the first half there on the fourth downs. I mean, the only touchdowns of the game for the Philadelphia Eagles both came on fourth downs. Like you mentioned, fourth and two, uh, Boston Scott to, on the left side for two yards. And then again, later in the third quarter, fourth and one from the one Boston Scott again, right end for a one yard. And amazing, honestly, amazingly heads up play from Jalen Hurts, the quarterback who gets stepped on, but still gets the right. pitch out. And I mean, so many quarterbacks out there either would have eaten that or that ball goes fumbling back to about the 10 yard line. And maybe the Eagles are lucky and recover it and, and don't give up, uh, you know, a return for from a Washington defender like Cole Holcomb, maybe uh, who could have potentially taken that thing back for a touchdown the other way. So you look at it, it's, it's incredibly upsetting. And the Washington football team defense actually won, I wouldn't say better, but middle of the pack, right? 17th in the league in fourth down percentage against them. So they didn't do very well there. Obviously didn't live up uh, to that. And then look at the passing game. I mean, this is again, the best rushing team in, or in the national football league. And a lot of people expected the, the Philadelphia Eagles will come out and basically do nothing but run. But Jalen Hurts, he throws the ball 26 times, pass, you know, completes the ball for 214 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions, but he does enough throwing the ball to get his team into possession. I don't remember the exact stat. I tweeted it out at one point, but that long drive to start the second half, I think only like 17 or 18 yards of that drive actually came on the ground. The rest of those yards came through the air. Now, obviously, the touchdown came on the ground on the fourth down, mm-hmm. but Jalen Hurts able to come in the offense able to strategize and construct a game plan against this Washington football defense and said, look, if they're going to sell out against the run, let's come out and throw on them. And if we surprise them, then we really knock them back a little bit. I don't put this loss on the defense as much because 20 points. And that's kind of the standard in the national football league. Like every team that comes into a game pretty much expects to score 20 points. We've seen too many times in this season with this team that 20 points, honestly, can be a game killer for them. Uh, you, you know, you mentioned the 20 points. Uh, again, you're right statistically and overall, this game not on the defense. They did blow a 10 nothing lead, but I think that's more uh, on the offensive inefficiency really for much, if not all, of the second half. Um, but that being said, 
boy, it would have been nice if the Washington defense could have come up with one big play when they needed to, whether it was on that drive that you mentioned, 14 plays, 75 yards out of the shoot uh, in the third quarter, uh, whether it was on one of the two field goal drives, what have you, where they really, really, really needed to create a momentum-type play. And unless I'm forgetting one, they really couldn't. And Philadelphia was able to control uh, the uh, you know, the, the time of possession for oh. over 32 minutes. Um, and I, I like your point about Jalen Hurts. Listen, I, I've been critical of Jalen Hurts. I don't think he's a great passer, uh, but but I'm sorry to be honest with you. I mean, he's way, 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 way more advanced uh, in his development than Taylor Heineke is, at least in my opinion. And in two games in, what, 12 days, you know, they allowed almost 300 to him uh, in that Tuesday night game at Philly and 214 today. And that's too comfortable. A 90.9 rating, uh, that's too comfortable. Only one turn- true turnover against Jalen Hurts in these two games. Yeah. Too comfortable uh, that they allowed him to be and operate, quite honestly. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, the defense they did, they they gave up a 10-0 lead and Jalen Hurts did do some positive things. And I'm actually a fan of Jalen Hurts, but I'm going to kind of go the opposite direction. Let's not give too much credit to Jalen Hurts because even looking at this Eagles offense, and I know Washington fans are probably like, well, hey, guys, which way are we supposed to go here? Did Jalen Hurts do really well or did he not do really well? And the, the answer is a little bit of both. But this kind of just shows you how much the Washington football team really shoots themselves in the foot. We talk about complimentary football all season or the lack thereof all season long, right? You look at the first half. The Washington football team gave the Philadelphia Eagles the, the ball to start their possessions at their own 25, at their own 20, at their own 25 all of them coming off scores, right? Obviously, that's the good way to flip the field possession is to end up scoring. You get a kickoff. Usually that ends up in the 25 or at least within the opponent's own 30-yard line. Now, starting in the third quarter, outside of the initial kickoff, which is duh, automatic, you're going to kick the ball off, so a good chance you're going to stop them inside their own 30 to start their drive. And outside the interception, which is a negative no matter how you, how you, you work it out, the Philadelphia Eagles started with the ball at their own 42, at their own 43, at their own 49. And out of those three drives, all of them starting at the Philadelphia Eagle 42 or closer, so needing only about, what, 20 yards to 30 yards for field goal range, the Watch football team defense only gave up six points. Yeah. Despite the fact that the offense turned the ball over to the Eagles with basically almost in plus territory, to be quite honest with you, that's a good defensive performance. And honestly, it kind of takes away just a little bit at what Jalen Hurts and the Eagles offense was able to do, but eventually they come out with the win. Um, again, you look at that, that long drive, you know, you gave up the long drive, 14 plays, 80 yards to start off the second half. That's not something that the defense is going to hang their hat on, but the offense comes out three and out their first three and out of the game, the first punt of the game, uh, the first punt, not by Tressway for, I don't even remember how long, according to, I think it was John Kime tweeted out. I thought it was amazing. 2014. Yeah. It was an amazing tweet. I was like, man, that's, that's incredible. So, I mean, This defense did enough to win. The offense did enough to win in the first half. They just didn't do it in the second half, and I think it's indicative of some of the problems we talked about in the first second. Yeah, and and just one other quick note. Josh Sweat dominated that game really in the second half. He had a sack in the first half, uh, but he took over from a sack around Leno uh, perspective early in the third quarter, uh, and then also just swatting balls left and right, uh, and that was a big uh, problem. All right, coming up on the next edition, we're going to – Kind of talk about the early approach. How should Ron Rivera and this Washington football team, now that they've been eliminated, handle week 18 against the New York Giants? Hey, Washington football team fans. I'm Chris Russell, along with David Harrison. And we have an incredible app that everyone who buys gas, which is you, me, David, uh, 
Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, every your grandmother needs gas, right? We all need gas. Uh, so get upside is what it's called. My listeners are making up to twenty five cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use the promo code Touchdown and get a bonus twenty five cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to fifty cents per gallon cash back. Don't pay full price of the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. Again, download the app for free. Use the promo code Touchdown and get up to fifty cents cash per gallon back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making two to $300 a month in cash back. There's no catch. You get it added right back to your account. You can cash out anytime, PayPal, e-gift card for Amazon, other brands. Just download again the free Get Upside app and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN. That's code TOUCHDOWN. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wrapping up this episode of Locked On Washington Football Team Podcast, David Harrison and Chris Russell on Twitter, at dharrison82, at russellmania621, the show at Locked WFT Pod. Chris, we typically reserve this third segment for our players of the games, our play of the game. Uh, there's been too much losing going on this team, you know, two and six going into the bye week. They come out, they rattle off four wins, kind of rescues this segment, uh, and then they go on and drop four straight. So instead, we're going to kind of do a silver lining thing, right? Look for the positive. There's a positive in everything if you can find it. And for the Washington football team, that is essentially in evaluation mode. I know Ron Rivera was saying the last, you know, before this game that they really weren't in evaluation mode yet. They're still trying to win games and all that stuff. And they may still try to win the next game against the New York Giants. But either way, they're still going to be in evaluation mode. And I still stick to the argument that you're always in evaluation mode in a performance-based business. But let's go over silver linings. And let's start with you, Chris. What is your silver lining, whether it's a player, a play, or what have you from this game for the Washington football team? Right. So just in the one-game microcosm, I'm going to go with you know a little hustle and fight, right? Uh, and, and whether you want to call this a moral victory or not, uh, a lot of people try and parse up those words and say there are no moral victories in sports. There's no this. Well, here's what I knew. And we talked about this earlier this week. This team, we didn't know if this team was going to win against the Eagles, but I knew they would come in and fight their asses off. And that's exactly what they did, right? Again, we've talked about it up 10 nothing. You know, the defense certainly hanging in there, fighting, clawing, scratching, even on that last drive. You know, before the Rodney McLeod uh, touched, you know, maybe if John Bates doesn't slip and fall, maybe that pass isn't overthrown. Maybe that pass is down inside the three yard line. Who knows? Uh, but the bottom line is, is, you know, they, they say a sign of a good coaching staff or a good organization is one where you get a, a, a great effort every week, win or lose. And I know, again, there's no moral victories or, or a lot of people like to poo poo that. But, David, I, I do think it's important. Yes, they had a little bit on the line here. They did. Um, it wasn't far fetched. But I think it was important that they fought to the very last minute, the very last play, uh, and essentially came out strong. They're just not built to sustain all of the COVID um, list 
problems and all of the other injuries they've had. And quite honestly, those two combination or those two in combination were way too much for a team that just doesn't have enough talent to overcome. Yeah, absolutely. And from a holistic standpoint, I think that's that's spot on. And you look at, you know, even going back to the preseason with the issues of just getting Curtis Samuel on the field and we haven't seen him and who knows if we'll see him again uh, this season, honestly, in, in certain aspects, it might be kind of pointless to throw him out there. You might do more damage uh, than good long-term, right? So it, there, there's a lot going on with this team. And then there are some issues going on from an individual level or a position level that are, are kind of consistent and persistent. And those are things that we're going to obviously get into talking about as we get ready uh, for the off season for free agency and for the NFL draft. But for this game, like you mentioned, um, listen, again, I've been covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for a long time since, you know, before Tom Brady uh, joined that franchise. I've seen teams that don't fight. I've seen teams that don't play to the whistle. And I've seen teams that honestly flat out give up. Not quite as much as we saw Sunday with certain players giving up on their team, walking out of the stadium without a shirt on. But I have seen teams and rosters who have no fight in them. This Washington roster has fight. They're playing for each other. They're playing for their coaches. They're playing for the brand, whatever you want to call it. They're out there fighting. So, yeah, it's, it's not a win, but it's something that this team can definitely build off of. And another thing they can build off of, Chris, I think, is Jarrett Patterson. I mean, the undrafted rookie, you know, there, there was a lot of people I tweeted during the game. It wasn't that long ago. A lot of people wondered if Jarrett Patterson was ever going to even play in the NFL. And when he came to Washington, a lot of people looked at it as a publicity thing. He's a local kid, hometown team. Chase Young's his buddy. You know, basically, it's just a friend getting a friend to training camp invites so that he can wear the pads and say that he went to training camp with an NFL team. Well, then he makes the roster. Peyton Barber is out. He makes the roster. He's done a little bit of work uh, here and there. But like we mentioned earlier in the episode, 17 touches in total, 98 yards of offense, and the only touchdown for the Washington football team. Jared Patterson has proven he is an NFL caliber running back. I'm not saying he's going to be the future starter, trade Antonio Gibson or anything like that, but Jarrett Patterson has shown that he can hang, and I think that's incredibly important. And, Chris, before we wrap up, real quick, a couple other uh, silver linings just for for those who need a little bit of a pick-me-up here on a Monday following another Washington football team loss. Joey Sly, 9-for-9 on field goals, perfect on extra points since he's joined this team with a long of 56, a long of 55 this Sunday. Uh, Maybe, maybe, Chris, Washington – has figured out their kicking problems and wide receiver Terry McLaurin. We talk about, you know, is is Washington wasting one of the best wide receivers in the NFL? Well, even if maybe they are a little bit to a certain extent, he's still performing really well. Seven catches, 61 yards on Sunday. McLaurin passes Calvin Ridley and George Kittle for sixth most uh, receptions by an NFL player through three seasons. And he also passed George Kittle for the seventh most receiver, sixth most receiving yards by an NFL player in the first three seasons. Yeah, I I just want to quickly add real quickly before we say goodbye, there was an interview after the game that Santana Moss, uh, who I, I, you know, I have, you know, regularly on my radio show, um, had on NBC Sports Washington with Terry McLaurin. Uh, I think we should try and play that tomorrow. um, If we can grab the audio, David, because it, it was somewhat reassuring to me that as frustrated as Terry is, that he still holds this organization and the direction here in in pretty good standing. And I think maybe just a good sign and a good indicator uh, that maybe uh, they can take care of Terry this offseason for the first time, which they're allowed to do and lock him down and keep him as part of the core here. Uh, And we'll get into a couple of other defensive players that I thought really stood out individually again on the next episode. So make sure you guys stay tuned for that. All right. That's going to do it for us. 
Thanks for making the Locked On Washington football team podcast your first listen of the day. Now make your second listen, the Locked On Bets podcast, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q, expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. We really want to hear from you guys on the next episode of the Locked On Washington football team podcast. So bang the voicemail, if I can speak in English, 301-615-3577. That's 301-615-3577. You prefer email, lockwftpod at gmail.com. All right, thanks again for joining us. We're free and available on all platforms. For David Harrison, who you can check out in print on SI.com's Fan Nation, I'm Chris Russell, co-host of the Russell and Ben Her Show on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. More content to come as the Washington football team has been eliminated from the playoffs right here on the Locked On Washington football team podcast. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.